Somebody say, thank you, Lord. We are glad for amazing grace. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 21. Uh, I'm going to start looking at Romans chapter 7, verses 21 to 25. You might put a finger there. Uh, we're also going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 9 and 10. So we're going to kind of put those two uh, ideas together as we talk about being unstuck. We've been talking about unstuck uh, for one week. Last week was our first week. We looked at how getting unstuck means to take a step. Take a micro yes, one step, one yes, and once you do that, you're not stuck. Now you're moving, and we're going to kind of continue going that direction. That God has a way of getting us unstuck if we really want to be. So this morning, looking um, uh, Revelation, I'm not Revelation, I'm doing Revelation tonight. Romans, they both start with an R and <laughs> run together sometimes. Romans chapter 7. Verses 21 to 25, and we find something that sounds a little bit odd uh, to our ears for Paul to be writing. He says, I find that a law, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched or miserable man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then you might want to keep your hands there. We're going to go back to that in a little bit. 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible said, Paul writes, same author, Paul, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Uh, sometimes we get stuck, talked about that last week, and we get stuck uh, emotionally, spiritually, physically, uh, get stuck financially, get stuck in a lot of ways. And uh, when we get stuck, sometimes we need a little outside help, right? Need a little outside help to kind of get us unstuck. I saw a couple of uh, pictures this week. I, it reminded me of that. Uh, here's one. Uh, this guy thought he could fit in a baby swing, if you'll show the picture there. Uh, I, what, lo what I love about this, <laughs> the fire department has to come out, and what I love about this guy who's stuck in a baby swing, those of you who are on Facebook Live, sorry about that, but he has his tie tucked in <laughs> so the guys can get him out of the baby swing. Here's another guy that got stuck. Some things you just should, uh, you should have outgrown by now, amen? <laughs> Why are you there to start with? Uh, someone else got stuck. Sometimes it's embarrassing uh, when you get stuck. You see, look at the firefighter's face on this one. Uh, I don't know what it is about baby swings and adults, but there seems to be a magnet somewhere or another that does that. Sometimes you even influence your friends. And, uh, to get, and so you got to notice the fire truck in the background there. Some things are just not worth it. What would you go down a sewer drain for? What would you go to? Yeah, she dropped her phone down the sewer drain, so she thought that would be a great uh, idea to go down there and, uh, and get that. Some things you just ought to know before you get there. <laughs> and then one place you just ought not to ever even start. Uh, when you start the process here, go ahead. When you start the process here, uh, you know it's a really, really bad uh, idea. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad place. When you start your hand down the commode, that's just not a good idea um, at all. So we're talking about getting stuck. Those folks, the amazing the number of firefighters that have to get called out uh, to do these kinds of things. We're talking about, though, getting stuck spiritually. 
getting stuck in your prayer life, getting stuck in your Bible study, getting stuck in your church involvement, getting stuck in your worship time, getting stuck in your giving, getting stuck in your serving and your witnessing, things like that. And last week I asked you to pray and ask God to give you one place where you're stuck, to really identify a place where you're kind of in a rut, kind of in, in a stuck place, and we're going to identify that and ask God to show you one yes, one micro step, one small yes to get you moving. I hope you've done that this week. hope you've had a, a good time starting out this idea of getting unstuck, and this morning we're going to dig in that way a little bit more because here's the thing, here's the thing. We all tend to get stuck sometimes, right? And God has a way to get you unstuck. Everybody say, God has a way. God has a way. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you willing to do the work to get unstuck? We're going to talk about that today because getting unstuck requires some work. God supplies the power, but are you willing? Is, it, is Jesus worth it to you to get unstuck? stuck. Well, the Apostle Paul got stuck. There were times in his life he felt like things weren't going the way and they weren't going the way that he wanted them to. Look at Romans chapter 7. Going to back up a little bit the New International Version and uh, so we get a little bit better run at this thing. Listen to the words of Paul when he writes, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who does it, but sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in the law of God, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law at of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? That sounds stuck, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds like a guy that, that is in a place he doesn't want to be. He wants to get out of this place. And so he's crying out. And, he, and, he's, and if you notice there, if you notice the verb tenses, unless you're preaching on this, I don't know why you would notice the verb tenses. But if you notice the verb tenses, they're present tense. Uh, a lot of people want to make this about Paul before he was saved, and, and that's possible, but that's not what it says. All the tenses are present tense. And so Paul said at particular times in his life, he felt stuck. He, wasn't, he wanted to do some things, and he just wasn't able to do it. But what I want you to see today is that wasn't where he usually lived. Everybody say usually lived. Well, he didn't stay there all of his life. That wasn't his complete way of life. He doesn't say, so, because I'm stuck, because I'm doing things I wish I wasn't doing, because I'm not doing things I wish I was doing, I just quit. I just give up. I'll, I'll never get any better. He doesn't say that. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. He doesn't say, what's the use? I'll never get this Christian thing. That doesn't say that. He says in verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in Romans chapter 8, 1, look, he doesn't get out under a pile of guilt in Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so he doesn't, he doesn't go to despair. He goes to Jesus. 
And that's the key to getting unstuck. So many people, when they get stuck in a particular area of their life, they go to despair, they go to give up, they go to, I just can't do this, instead of letting it press you to Jesus, letting it drive you to Jesus. Then look at verse, 1 Corinthians 15. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Do you see the progress? Do you see movement? He's not stuck. He's an apostle. He's not persecuting the church of God anymore. He's growing. And he says the grace of God was with him, was working. He was making him who he was. And so God was getting him unstuck. And we want to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about two things today. I want to talk about two things today as we look at a power outside ourselves to get us unstuck. Everybody say outside. And really it's inside. Um, it's what, I'm, what I mean by outside, I don't mean out there. I mean beyond our own power that we can muster up on our own, okay? First of all, we need God's mindset. We need God's mindset about being stuck. Uh, what does God think about? How does God want us to think about being stuck? Stuck, being in a rut, being in a place where we're not growing, we're not making progress, we're not becoming more Christ-like like we want to be. Look at Romans 7 and 15, the New Living Translation. I don't really understand myself. You ever felt that way? I really don't understand what I'm doing, man. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. He doesn't want to be stuck. And here's the thing that nobody else can give you but you. Do you want to grow toward Christ-likeness? Do you want to grow in your usefulness for Christ? Do you want to see God do things in your life? See, Paul has a desire. He doesn't want to stay. He I want to stay here. He said, I hate this. And we ought to have a, a, a holy hatred of being stuck. How badly do we want to get unstuck? For the glory of God. And thank God the answer is not outward behavior. The answer is not, okay, I'm going to start doing this better, this better, this better. I'm going to try to change my behavior. The answer is not outward behavior. The answer is inside transformation. The way to get unstuck is not just to change your behavior. The way to get unstuck is for God to change your heart because your behavior flows out of your heart. If your heart doesn't want God, doesn't love God, doesn't want to be used, then you never will. You're stuck right there. And so the heart is the starting place to all of this. Now, there are three ways you can think about this, three big ways you can think about getting unstuck spiritually. I'm talking to Christians now if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're saved. Three ways you can think about this. Uh, Jerry Bridges originally came up with these. Craig Rochelle kind of played around with them a little bit. But two of them are wrong, one of them is right, all right? First of all, three, three mindsets. First of all, there's the mindset of God then me. God then me. And what God then me is, is, is this. God saved me. God called me to himself. God forgave all of my sins. God washed me in the blood of Christ. And now I've got to get out there and get after it. Now, I've got to, you know, if it is, if people, people with this mindset or say things like that, if it is to me, it's up to, if it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. So, it's up to me to work hard and try to get this thing figured out. People 
in this kind of mindset, they'll say things like this. Boy, I am trying to be more consistent in my quiet time. I am trying to control my temper. I'm trying to stop yelling at my kids. I'm trying to be a better witness. And the emphasis on God saved me, but now I'm trying to live the Christian life. Second mindset is uh, God, not me. God, not me. See, the first mindset puts all the responsibility on me. Second mindset puts all the responsibility on God. Well, I'm just trusting God, just waiting on God. You know, miserable in my job, so I quit my job, and I'm just trusting God, give me another job. That's not a great idea, by the way. <laughs> I might trust God for one before I quit the one I'm in right now. That might be a whole lot better idea. Uh, I, I've got this sin going on in my life. I'm stuck in this area of my life. I'm just trusting God to get me unstuck. Well, are you worshiping from your heart? Are you praying with your heart? Are you looking at, uh, at somebody that come alongside you and help you with it maybe as a Christian friend with this? Is there a verse you can memorize? Is there some place you need to stay away from? Is there some place you need to plug into? Is there a small group you can plug into? Is there something? What, what are you doing? You say, I'm just waiting on God. I think God might be waiting on you. See, if we're just waiting on God, what waiting on God means is that you're doing everything you know to do until God opens up another door of ministry, another door of activity or something like that. The third one's the right one, though. It's God through me. It's God through me. Everybody say, God through me. See, God has come and taken up residence in our life. God is within us, and real change is not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation, God, in me and through me. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll see how the change happens. Paul says, I am the least of the apostles. I don't deserve to be an apostle. I, you know, he's not bragging. He's not saying, man, I started more churches than y'all. I'm a better missionary than y'all. I'm a better preacher than y'all. No, I'm the very least of the apostles. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But why is he unstuck? Why is he making progress? Why is God working in his life? Because of grace of God, I am what I am. God's grace. I, I cannot do it myself, and I don't deserve it, but God's grace enabled me to do this. And but look at the last of it. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Do you see that? Do you see that? The same grace that saves you is the same grace that changes you. You see, you can't do it by yourself. You have to have God, but Paul says, because I have grace, look, because I know I have the power to change, because I know the power of God lives within me, because I know the Holy Spirit lives within me, and I know he wants to get me unstuck, because of that, I work harder than all of them. I give it my all to see God's purpose happen in my life and happen in the lives of those around us. Let me ask you this. Can we do that as a church? You see, God has sent us some people. And praise God for all those who worked really hard last week in Vacation Bible School, right? Couldn't do it without hard work. If we just said, well, man, we're just going to trust God and let God do this work. <laughs> well, it doesn't really get done that way, does it? God sent us some children. God sent us some people in nurseries. God sent us some people, uh, young adults. And if we want to grow, we need to say, God, thank you that you've given us what we need. Now, are we as a church going to work hard, hard 
to disciple the people that God's brought us. So why? They bring others. Healthy sheep reproduce. And when God brings us people as God's brought us, then we need to be willing to say, God, as a church, by your grace, we're going to work as hard as we possibly can to see the people that you brought us grow up and, and in Jesus, grow up to be warriors for Jesus out there in elementary schools and junior high and high school and oil rigs and offices and stores and hospitals and whatever place God puts us at. I love what Mark Batterson, I think he quoted, I think it's Augustine. I've tried to trace the quote down. It's one of those quotes that nobody really knows exactly where it came from. But Batterson quotes it a lot. He says, pray as if everything depends on God and work like everything depends on you. That's really good. Pray like everything depends on God. Work like everything depends on you. Second point, two points today. First of all, the mindset. Secondly, the motivation. The motivation. What is God's motivation? Because here's the thing. A lot of people want to get unstuck. They want to change. They want to do something differently. And a lot of places you see this around New Year's, right? New Year's resolution. Everybody wants to lose weight. And so uh, they got all, the, all these different exercise programs. Uh, anybody remember dancing to the oldies? <laughs> You're embarrassed to put your hand up. But I, you remember dancing to the oldies, you know, you had the Christian aerobics thing, you know, you had that thing going on. Then you had Zumba going on. Lately, you got CrossFit. This year, it's pickleball. I'm not really sure what pickleball is, but it's fun to say. And, and here's the thing dancing to the oldies, Zumba, CrossFit, pickleball. Give you a little secret they all work. You work hard at it, right? Eat right, work hard. Why, why, do, why is there something new coming along? Because you got to keep your motivation up. <laughs> it's not that it don't work. It's that you have to work at it. And we, we tend to lose motivation because we don't have a good enough reason. We don't have a good enough why. And so what I want to talk about today is uh, that we need to have a spiritual why and a spiritual how to get unstuck. You see, real change is God through you. When I want to yell at my kids, when I want to skip my quiet time, when I want to skip church, when I want to pass on the witnessing opportunity, when I want to do all that kind of stuff, I have to cry out to God, watch this, God, by your grace, will you help me here? And then obey because you believe that he has given you the grace to do that. So here's your question. What's your why and what's your how? For spiritual, to get unstuck, we got an, you got an area where you need to get unstuck. What's your why? Well, my why is I want to not wear, I want to not wear my fat jeans, I want to wear my skinny jeans. <laughs> uh, I got a class reunion coming up. I got, got you know, I got, I got my, my daughter's wedding or my friend's wedding I got to go to. You know, that, that's my why. My how is Zumba and I'm not going to eat anything. Here's the thing. No, that's all fine. But to be spiritual transformation and spiritual unstuck, you need to add a spiritual to your why and to your how. So just get into the, to the meat of the message. The spiritual reason. What is the spiritual reason for doing what you do? Let's say it's, uh, let's say it's your kids. Man, I want to I wanna be a, 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 a better parent. I want to I not yell at my kids. I want to be more patient with my children. So what's your spiritual why? Well, because I feel bad when I, when I yell at my kids. I don't want to, no, no, no. What's your spiritual why? Your spiritual why is I want, I want to give my kids the very best opportunity 
to give their life to Jesus and love Jesus for all their lives. What's more important than that? What's bigger than that? What, what is bigger than your child's spiritual transformation? What's bigger than your child spending eternity with Christ? What's bigger than your child and all the mess that we have in this world to have spiritual roots in Jesus that will hold them true? What's bigger than that? Nothing my why is. I want, and this is my why, I want more than anything else, my children to love Jesus. I've told them that. I've told you that before. That's your spiritual why. If it's something else, it's not enough motivation. What's your spiritual how? Your spiritual how is you, whenever you're tempted to do something that doesn't represent Christ well, you're tempted to let your uh, family skip Sunday school and skip church. You're tempted to let your family skip opportunities like VBS to have your kids in, in church. You skip opportunities to have a chance to pray with your children. When that happens and you're tempted, you do what? You say, God, your grace is enough right here. Your grace is enough. And by your grace, I choose to obey. I was um, talking to some of the kids one night this week, first night, and uh, we were talking about Daniel. And uh, sometimes it's hard to obey God, right? Amen? Yeah, sometimes it's hard to obey God. And so I asked the kids, I said, um, what are some, some hard things? And so they were, we come up with, sometimes it's hard to obey our parents, second graders. Sometimes it's hard to obey our parents. And I asked them, I said, what might you pray when it's hard to obey your parents? Your parents tell you something and you don't want to really want to do it. What can you pray? And one, one little boy, second grader said, sweet Jesus, please help me. <laughs> That's about it, right? <laughs> That's kind of what it is. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. Where you're stuck. What's your spiritual why and your how to get unstuck? Where are you stuck? We prayed about that. What's your spiritual why and your spiritual how to get unstuck? You can look at it like with the idea of getting in shape. Well, I want to be healthier. I want to lose some weight. Why? Well, you know, I want to get out of the fat jeans and the skinny jeans. Here's the thing. That's not a spiritual why. Do you have a spiritual why? So I got convicted about this probably 20 years ago, and, and, you know, I'm not the best in the world at it, but I have been pretty consistent in exercising and eating a little bit healthier than I used to uh, for the last 20 years. And here's why. My spiritual why is I want to be able to preach as long as God wants me to. I want to have, I, this is a temple of God. It's not the best-looking temple, but it's the temple of God, right? And I want to be able to preach into my 70s and 80s and 90s, and I want to be able to preach with some enthusiasm and some energy, and I want to be able to stomp my foot if I want to <laughs> and not dislocate my knee. And the other thing is, I, the other spiritual why for me is I want to be an example to my children, be able to play with them as long as possible. And the other spiritual why is <laughs> I don't want to miss the rapture by day. <laughs> I would hate to die of heart failure because I got my arteries clogged up because I sat around and ate fatty foods and all that kind of stuff, and Jesus came back two days after I died. I knew y'all laugh, but I mean that. <laughs> I really believe Jesus can come back at any time. We're going through the book of Revelation. There's all kinds of signs and wonders, and here's the end of time and all that. But the truth is, we don't, none of us know. Even Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back, what he said. 
So we don't know. So I believe every generation has believed that Jesus come back in their lifetime, and they were right to believe that. And so I, I want to be ready when Jesus comes. I want to be alive when Jesus comes back. In fact, my own personal preference is that Jesus comes back at about 11.45 on Sunday morning. At my best, man. I am at my best at 11.45 on Sunday morning. Monday morning, I might be a little grumpy, you know, but 11.45 in front of all you folks preaching the gospel, I'm not likely to be getting into a whole lot of trouble, right? <laughs> it's just way too much accountability right here, okay? So, so well, what, about, what, about your, what about your church involvement? What about your, are you stuck in your church involvement? Are you hungry? For God to use you, not only just to be faithful to church, but to be faithful to do what God has called you to do. Are you hungry? Do you want to get unstuck there? What's your spiritual why? Well, I was raised to go to church. That's not really a spiritual why. Well, I know I'm supposed to go to church. It's really not a spiritual why either. Spiritual why is God has given me an assignment to carry out in this world, and a lot of it happens through the church. No other organization has God given his mission and his assignment to take the gospel to the world and make disciples except the church. The, the, the cancer society is not going to do it. The lung cancer society is not going to do it. United Way is not going to do it. They're not supposed to do it. It's the church that's supposed to do it. And so we uh, are equipped. We don't do it all here. We're equipped here to go out, encourage each other, help each other, learn to do things. And then we go out and we make disciples wherever we go. So many people have the idea that work's important and sports teams are important and school's important and church is kind of a, yeah, you know, a bit of an afterthought. That is not a spiritual why. Now, all those sports are important. The grades are important. All those things are kind of important. But let me ask you this. Think about it this way. How many of you were led to Christ through the influence of a local church? It's going to be almost all of us. There's one or two that I know of that just on their own, uh, without connecting to a church or to a Christian person, just fell on their face and cried out to God. Most of us, most of us, through a revival, through Sunday school, your parents took you to church, you went to a church service, you went home, you asked your parents about Christ, and they led you to Christ. For most of us, our salvation, is that not the most important thing in your entire life? Everybody say amen. That's the most important thing in your entire life, is connecting to somebody involved in a church that impacted you. Those of you who've led somebody to Christ, most of that's happened because of your involvement in a church. You were taught how to share your faith. You were encouraged to share your faith. You, know, you learned some Bible verses to share your faith. You went on a mission trip. You were in vacation Bible school. Uh, as I said, your child went to church and they came home and they asked you about salvation. You knew enough because you were involved in church to be able to share the gospel with them. That's why I said earlier, are we willing to work hard at seeing Christ's mission happen here? It's his assignment to each one of us to carry out in the world. We need now, how do you do that? You do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. The why, the why is because it's God's assignment to me. The why is because eternity awaits for me, for my children, my friends, the people around us. And guys, we're not going to fix this thing, I mean this thing, this world. We're not going to fix this thing by an election or an economic turnaround. An economic turnaround might be the worst thing that could happen to us right now. Why? Because we get comfortable, we get stuck. 
We feel like everything's kind of fine again. We need something to drive us to Jesus. The, the how is what? The grace of God. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's by the spirit of God. I was listening to um, a guy named Craig Rochelle. He was talking about how he and his wife go on vacation. They like to bike ride together. Craig works out a lot. Uh, he kind of uh, prides himself, not prides himself, but he works out a lot. He talks about working out. It's very, 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 very important to him to stay in shape and that kind of a thing. And, and so he and his wife, Amy, were, were bike riding. He noticed he went on vacation just one year, and Amy's bike costs a little bit more than his bike, like whatever. She wants you a know, more expensive bike. That's fine. And he's in better shape. You know, he, he lifts weights, that kind of stuff, so he always tends to outride her. And he said they were going up a steep incline, uh, high altitude, and they're pedaling hard as they, you know, hard as they can pedal. And he said, man, here comes Amy, just boom, just right by him. He's like, man, what is up with her? And uh, he said it just continued to happen. They'd be right, riding along, and all of a sudden, he'd look around, boom, there goes Amy. And uh, he finally said, man, I don't know what is wrong. Man, the altitude's getting to me or something, but I just ain't riding like I usually ride. And uh, she finally, he said, why don't we call it? And she said, well, we ride 10 more miles. I, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And he turned the bikes in and he asked the guy, he's like, why is her bike more expensive? He said, oh, she got an electric bike. <laughs> he said, guess who had an electric bike the next day? <laughs> he said, man, ain't nothing like it. He said, you know, you got to pedal. The harder you pedal, the faster you go, but it's magnifying the effort. He said, you're going four times as fast, four times as hard, because there's a power there, not just yours. That's what I'm saying about getting unstuck. You've got to have a motivation. You've got to have a spiritual why. In your worship time, what's your spiritual why? You love God. You want to honor and please God. What's your how? You pick out a time and you pick out some worship music and you spend, uh, thank, you, you get a Thanksgiving journal. I mean, you look for a spiritual why, the motivation. It's got to be connected to God because you love God. And then he'll show you a practical how and you put it into place. Who's willing to get unstuck this morning? Who's willing to say loving God is more important than any other motivation I have? in my life. Would you stand please with heads bowed and eyes closed? With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. What is it for you? It might be praying with your family. It might be being generous. It might be spending time with your family. It might be Christian friendships. It might be being generous with your time and money. I don't know what it is for you. But can you ask God right now, Lord, I don't want to stay stuck. It's got to be spiritually motivated. I don't, I don't, it dishonors you, Lord. It dishonors you. And I want my life to honor you. Father, in Christ's name, I pray you show us where we're stuck. Give us a spiritual how and why right now, Lord. Would you do that, please?